0: Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2 read, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hello, welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce. I'm one of the pastor elders here. Today I have with me the flyer of jets, Justin Geyer, who does know how to fly a jet. You may not have known that about Justin, but he can fly a jet. How many people
1: can fly a jet? Not that many. Well, uh, I don't know the number of people that can fly <laughs> jets. There, it's there rare. Are, there are a number of pilots out there that can fly jets. That's for sure. <laughs> well, before we
0: talked before this podcast, I didn't even know what a jet was. I mean, a turbo turbines 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 turbines. Right. Yeah, very interesting. Well, that's not all that Justin knows, because he also knows, theologically, what it means that the Holy Spirit is involved in creation, and that's what we're talking about today. We're continuing our quarterly focus on the Holy Spirit, moving along, and our next quarterly focus, which will be a few months after this podcast comes out, is going to be on prayer. But right now, we're continuing on the Holy Spirit. We have been talking about, really, the works or roles of the Holy Spirit. And now we're talking about a very important but typically overlooked role of the Spirit, and that is the Spirit's role in creation. So what I want to do on this podcast is I'm going to spend just a few minutes giving a basic rundown from the Old Testament of why we say the Spirit is connected to creation, because we usually think of the Father creating, or even the Word, the Logos, the Son being involved in creation and not the Spirit. But I want to show you very briefly from the Old Testament that we should think of the Spirit as involved in creation. And then I'm turning the whole thing over to Justin, and he is going to answer for us why it matters that we even think of, think this way about the Holy Spirit and creation. So let me start with this rundown. The very first place that we see the Holy Spirit's role in creation is in verse 2 of the Bible. I read that at the introduction, Genesis 1, 1, and 2, where we see God creating the heavens and the earth. And the earth is formless, it's void. The Hebrew there is tohu and vohu, which rhyme together nicely. Tohu and vohu. So it was a world that was just waters everywhere, formless, void, darkness. It says darkness was over the face of the deep. And the only other thing we hear about before God gets into forming everything is that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, it doesn't tell us anything about what the spirit was doing and that's why sometimes we don't think of the spirit's role in creation because we're not told here in specifics what he was doing but we are told he was there and that's not for no reason and i think we can make some inferences based on later passages for example here's the holy spirit and the world that he's encountered right there in verse two is tohu and vohu it's formless it's void But it's not going to stay that way. And I do think that the author of Genesis 1 there, probably Moses, right? I do think that he wants us to see the spirit involved in the process that leads from the world, before day one really, being formless, void, chaos, dark, to what we get after day six, where it's all formed together. There's life. It's teeming with life. Maybe one support for this idea is actually in the one thing we're told about this spirit. It's that he's hovering over the waters. And that word for hovering is not used very much in the Old Testament, only one or two other times. When it's used in Deuteronomy 32, 11, it is used of a bird. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. So... The idea in Deuteronomy 32 is a bird that is hovering over its young. Was that what Moses had in mind when he wrote that the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters? Certainly not that the Spirit is a bird, because obviously that's not true. But even when Jesus was baptized and the Spirit descended on him, the Spirit descended in the form of a dove. By appearance, a dove, a bird. And possibly that's the idea. There you have the chaotic world, and the Spirit is just hovering in order to protect, in order to provide for this world. Now, nothing more is said in the creation narrative of the Spirit, except Genesis 2-7 suggests that the Spirit's involved, because that's when God, on day six, makes man. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath. The Hebrew there is neshima. Not the typical word we use for spirit like Holy Spirit, which is Ruach, Neshima, the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. That's a different word than we usually use for spirit, but it's important to know it is a synonym or a word that is overlapping with Ruach, with spirit. Those are parallel related concepts, and I do think we're supposed to see the spirit's involvement in the breathing of life. Into mankind, and the New Testament sort of conveys that same idea when Jesus breathes on his disciples and says, Receive the Holy Spirit, because those are related concepts. Let me just give you very quickly two verses later in the Old Testament that confirm these ideas because this is a little bit nebulous, maybe a little vague. But here's Psalm 104 the psalmist in verses 29 and 30 says to God, When you hide your face. They, meaning animals, are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, ruach, they are created. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. So clearly a connection between spirit and creation. This is not referring to the original creation But actually, the Spirit's role ongoingly in preserving the life of creatures. One more verse, Job 33.4, Elihu says, The Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, has made me, and the breath, Neshima, of the Almighty, gives me life. And so he puts Ruach and Neshima parallel to each other. They're related concepts. And he says, that Ruach made me, and that breath gives me life. So that's my little final conclusion, just looking at those verses. It does seem the Spirit is involved in creation, especially uniquely in giving life, vivifying, giving life, and in perfecting or giving order. So there's tohu and vohu, and the Spirit perfects. It's the same idea of what He does in us spiritually, but we can see He's also involved in creation in those ways. All right, that's all I have to say about the Spirit creating. I want to turn this over now to you, Justin, and specifically my question is, we just went through those verses and drew out the fact that the Spirit's involved in creation, but why should anyone listening to this even care that this is so?
1: Well, I think for the first thing that comes to mind when I think about why would we even care that the Holy Spirit is involved or was involved in creation would be that God's Word tells us that. And so if we have a high view of God's word, if we are looking at God's word, we want to trust it, we want to believe it, we know that it is truth, then God's word tells us that is true. And so I think we need to be concerned about the things that God is concerned about and what he put in his word. And so I don't think that there's anything that we see in um, the creation account in Genesis 1 or anything else in God's word that he puts in there as throwaway or meaningless or pointless. I think everything that's in the canon that we read is uh, valuable and it has importance. I think number two, when we if we're going to read God's word, we're going to believe what we see and, and hear in God's word. Then we know that um, God is three in one and um, we can have a tendency to, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, we'll talk about it more in this idea that we have a tendency at times, and I say we, I just mean people in general, to overlook the Holy Spirit, or to, sometimes it seems nebulous, and so we're not sure what we are to do with the Holy Spirit, so we ignore him, or we act like he doesn't exist, or we just don't talk about him, because it just seems a little bit odd, and so I think uh, here when we see that God is talking about the Holy Spirit, and we see in other areas the Holy Spirit, um, we we see here um, the, the verse you talked about in Deuteronomy 32, where yeah, the Holy Spirit is... Uh, like an eagle, you know, that's fluttering over there, spreading out its wings, um, bearing on its pinions. Um, We see similar uh, verbiage in Luke when uh, the angel of the Lord talks to Mary and says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And it's like he is protecting her in that same way. And, And so I think we can look at the Holy Spirit as part of creation. We see that here. And then we can infer how else that looks. What other job and role do we see the Holy Spirit working throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament and into today with our lives? So I think if we have a right view of the Holy Spirit and see that he is and was involved in creation and the creative work that God uh, did and continues to do here, uh, we'll also see that that plays a part in his role in the rest of life and the rest of how we live our lives and and how we see him work in our lives. It
0: almost, as you're talking, makes me think of what we were talking about before this podcast, even, where I was just observing, you know, you, Justin, among us elders, are particularly gifted, and maybe it's because you're a pilot. And maybe it's just because the Spirit gave you skill, like Aholiab with the tabernacle and Bezalel. But you're particularly gifted in, in understanding how things work. Your dad was a mechanic, so you like to know how something works. And even giving things order, making them function, and I think that carries over in the local church, your interest in how the church works as well. Sure, right. I feel like in some ways that's a pretty good analogy of what we're talking about with the Spirit and creation. He's perfecting things. He organizes them. And then we as creatures, you especially, more than, much more than me, <laughs> my wife will attest, much more than me, but you especially reflect that well in, in perfecting and beautifying things, giving them life.
1: Well, I think it, it can be hard for us to see the Holy Spirit not see what he's doing and assume that maybe he's not doing something or not even the assumption. It's that we don't think about it, you know? And I think that, um, he is, he's very involved. I'm sitting here like you can't see me, but I'm moving my hands. Like he is very involved. He's weaving things. He's doing these things here. And, um, I think that we, we, we need to remember that, Uh, If we want to see the Holy Spirit work in our lives, or as we are expecting or hoping and seeing the Holy Spirit work in our lives, in our churches, in the world around us, that He is eternal, just like the Father and the Son are eternal. And so He was doing the things that He does now. He was doing those in eternity past, and will continue to do them in eternity future. That's
0: beautiful. That's a beautiful picture. And I'm glad you said that, because even when I think about... um, Many times the way someone will think of the Holy Spirit today because he's so hard to get your mind like a father, right we know a father, you know, and a son, we know a son, you know, we have analogies, right the spirit, like wind, you can't see it, yeah you can't see wind, you know, <laughs> and so I think that's part of why it's been very easy for abuses in the name of the Holy Spirit to take place. If someone thinks of the Spirit today, you might think of walking in a church and people are jumping in the baptismal and running down the aisle and yelling and speaking words you don't understand. I think it's helpful for us to pull back and say, what does the Spirit do? He's he's God, and what does He do? Even in creation, because you were just out in Colorado, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're just out in Colorado living my wife's dream, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in a very nice place that your boss had there. And, um... And so you look at the landscape, and there's order, there's an ecosystem, there's symmetry. There's some chaos, you know, because of the fall, but there's just beauty. And then we think of the spirit, we think chaos. Right, right. <laughs> and I think him hovering over the tohu and bohu, even in the created order, should remind us that his work in the church, we'll get to continuationism and all that stuff, But, but whatever we think of that, his work in the church is to produce a kind of order, not a chaos. Right, right. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, Justin, thank you for all the order you produce at Faith yeah. Bible. People probably don't understand how indebted they are to you, especially given my inabilities. <laughs> yeah. So we are grateful that you are being an example of the Holy Spirit here in producing order over the Tohu and Bohu that would be here otherwise. There may be people listening to this who just never actually thought about the Holy Spirit's role in creation. Maybe to them, because he's somewhat nebulous, they've just excluded that from their mind. God in general, or the Father, the Son, create? You may have been thinking that in the past, but may God help us all now by His grace to think this way.